0: The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Dead with Kukule Ogbayani.
1: Good morning, beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. Kule Agbayani holding on the fort this morning on because, you know, it's Thursday. So our Paul Brecht is out and about at Aloha Tower Marketplace at the HPU Esports Arena powered by DSE Hawaii. Ready to bring you Sharks Weekly today and uh, featuring men's basketball. So HPU men's basketball coming up. And with that, of course, we got a lot of stuff coming up on the show, which I'll tell you about in just a minute, but uh, definitely want to first start off this show on, on, on somewhat of a solemn note and give all of our aloha as we know that we are close with the HPU uh, program and especially men's basketball and women's basketball, as Paul Brecht uh, does a lot of their play-by-play for them over there. But in case you missed Chaz Ontai's sports report right before this show, Golden State Warriors assistant coach Deon Milojevic had passed away in Salt Lake City after suffering a heart attack at a private team dinner. Well, that links back to HPU as his son is a player on the HPU men's basketball team. So want to definitely give all of our aloha of the untimely and unfortunate passing of Nicola's father, who is only 46 years old. Now, Paul was able to uh, be in touch with some of the HPU basketball people on Wednesday more or yesterday morning, Tuesday evening. But from what we know, uh, Nico was able to fly out after he heard the news. Not sure if he was able to, you know, what happened when he landed in Salt Lake City, but uh, he was on a flight for when he heard about what happened to his father. But nonetheless, it's just uh, unfortunate, untimely passing of someone's father and, of course, a player that's on the HPU men's basketball team. So definitely want to, you know, send all of our love and aloha their way. But they are head coach Jesse Nakanishi is going to be on the Sharks Weekly show coming up following this show at 9 a.m. along with student athletes Melo Sanchez and Diggy Woodenbush as they get prepared to play a couple of uh, inter-island rivalry matchups today and Saturday. Today they will play at Chaminade and Saturday they will host University of Hawaii Hilo. You can hear both of those games right here on the Hawaii sports radio network and Hawaii sports And of course on demand at Hawaii sports com. So uh, definitely again, it's just such a, it's never easy to transition from a topic like that, but I didn't feel right if we didn't start off the show just, sending our well wishes as anyone would it's just tragic to deal with the situation like that being so untimely and at his young age of 46 okay so coming up on the show sorry again this is an awkward transition I don't know how to go from that but um, coming up on the show we do have a treat in just a little bit Uh, we were able to talk story with the two former university of hawaii volleyball players robin almo and heather bowen who over the weekend or we announced a couple of days ago they were voted as the 2024 usa volleyball all-time great female indoor athlete so we'll be able to hear from them in just a second along with their former head coach dave shoji now even though uh Robin and Heather played together on the USA team. They did not play together at the University of Hawaii in case anybody uh, forgot. So when you kind of hear them talking about playing together, it wasn't here at UH. It was just on the USA Volleyball Squad. But of course, they both played under Dave Shoji. So you'll be able to hear from a few of them. If you have not seen it on our YouTube channel yet. Also, coming up on the show, since tomorrow we will likely have University of Hawaii Baseball head coach Rich Hill join us for the hour, Uh, we won't get too much football talk tomorrow. And you know, we always like to talk football. And since Paul Brecht is on site at Aloha Tower Marketplace campus, we will invite Kyle Galdera to chat some football with me. As you know, Kyle and I like to talk a lot about the numbers. Enjoyed our time at Circa, even though he's a Green Bay Packers fan. We still. We, he and I go way back, so I guess we'll still be friends. And despite me cheering very, very hard against the Green Bay Packers when they take on the San Francisco 49ers this weekend. But yes, we will talk to Kyle uh, coming up later in the show. And we will also get into some University of Hawaii women's basketball as they will they return home for a pair of games and give you kind of like these surprise... um. I guess a surprise announcement, if you, if I haven't told you guys already, just look out for your girl at tonight's home game, and we're going to have a lot of fun, but I'll tell you about that coming up on the show. Uh, but first, want to start off with that treat for you guys, and here is it, the interview or the media availability first starts off with Coach Robin Amo, and then gets, gets to Heather Bowen, and then last, but of course, certainly not least, we will hear from former UH head coach. Dave Shoji. So here's Robin Amo and her initial reaction to receiving the award.
2: For me, this is a different award. You know, it's not like an all-American or like a setter or, you know, whatever award. But I think this is just a lot bigger because uh, of what it represents. Uh, First, it's going to represent my family and like, you know, growing up and who was, always pushing me <clears throat> when I started as a little kid. It goes from family to like coaches that again, same thing like my family, just kind of like nurtured me and like going in the right direction, working hard, um, staying home, playing here for UH, you know, watching like all the different UH um, teams play. Uh, Never was a ball girl though, um, but that and then going to USA Volleyball and representing, uh, not just my family, but the state as well. Uh, yeah, and just, and continuing to do that. I think that's the the big thing, the bringing back to Hawaii, to my family and, and the state, so.
3: And to be able to be celebrated with Heather, you know, and like Kara mentioned, two players from the University of Hawaii in the same class. I mean, that is so significant out here in the middle of the Pacific. What does that mean to you?
2: And we play, and we just, and we played together the whole time. So, I mean, for me, that's cool. When I found out, like, with her too, I know you're like, hey, Laura, Laura's trying to get a hold of you. I'm like, I know she keeps calling, but I don't know. I don't know what for. Had to do with something with like USA volleyball, but I, I don't want to go back. I don't want, I just, I don't want to. And then she was, she finally just texts. She's like, well, I didn't really want to do it this way. I was trying to call you, but you didn't answer your phone. <laughs> she's like, you made blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, so sorry. <laughs> you should have just told me over there and Callie Heather. Jesus. But uh, yeah, I think it's awesome.
4: Hey coach. Just uh one quick one for me. Um, how would you, what do you remember about, or how would you describe the connection you guys you and heather had as as players from way back
2: anything from behind slides and a's <laughs> i i think my my big thing is we're, us we're, we're looking at each other you know and we're in like roll two and we're standing right there i said heater just go for an a guarantee a girl is gonna jump with you and then ty will have nobody on the right side <laughs> And then we're just like, yeah, yeah, okay, you know, good pass, we'll run it. And then, poom! two girls are just, like, full block jump, and then ties over there by herself, and we just turn, look at each other, and just start laughing, you know. So, I mean, that, just that, that connection. I mean, I think a lot of the stuff we had, okay, I'm, if I'm just talking about sets, like, most of them were just like, yeah, she's up there, I'm running her behind, just go slide, and, you yeah, know, we just get a point easy. But, and I think um, we both got along because I, I just think, like, our – I'm not saying, like, everybody else, but I think just the pride of, like, just getting on the court and playing and playing hard. Um, I think some people had to, like, learn how to do that. Uh, but, yeah, that's the things I remember playing with her.
1: And that was former University of Hawaii women's volleyball center and, of course, current UH women's volleyball head coach Robin Almo being voted as one of the 2024 USA Volleyball all time great female indoor athletes. And here is the other uh, award winner and of former middle blocker for the University of Hawaii,
5: Heather Bowen. Yeah, it's been it's been surreal. Like I just I, it, the impact of it. And the significance of it, I don't think has hit me yet. Um, I mean, I, when I got the call, I called my parents, of course they did like the ugly cry proud, like to, <laughs> on FaceTime. It's really, it's so sweet. Um, but just thinking back to, I started so late, like I started volleyball as a junior in high school, like it, it wasn't like a lifelong sport. Right. And then I think to echo with Robin, like Dave was really the one that pushed me with USA volleyball. Um, and I was terrified And he's like, you're going to the tryout. And I'm like, no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing it. But he just, he believes in his players so much and he sees what's special in them. And he knew I had something that could go the distance and, um, to be able to, you know, have this with Robin. And like she was saying, when I saw her in California, they were here for the championships at Long Beach. And I was like, Hey, you talk to her yet? Because I don't want to be the one to tell her. <laughs> like, it needs to come from Laurel. I was like, Chapter's like, no, no, I'm not doing it. I'm like, okay. And like just didn't say anything about it. Um, but I just I'm really excited that I get to do it with her. Um, she was always a pillar for me on the court and a leader for me throughout my entire time with USA volleyball. And I think it's the connection and the familiarity with the islands and where we came from and the program we played for and what it means, what volleyball means to the community there. And I think that um, has stayed with me through through everything in my career. Uh, so it's just it's really special. It has made me start thinking about all the years <laughs> with USA Volleyball and all the things that we did together, the teammates I played for, the coaches I played for. Um, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't have become the player i became without them on the court the lessons they taught me you know the wins the losses um coaches pushing me teammates pushing me so you know as much as this has my name on it i don't get here by myself right like robin definitely was instrumental in in me being a great player because she was an amazing setter and she liked to set the middles (laughs) (laughs) you know a plus for me Uh, When I talked to Laurel and I asked, you know, how do they, you know, come about selecting people for this? And she said, you know, they go through all of their statistics and they review it and the matches they played in, the tournaments they played in, places, finishes, things like that. And I kind of had to laugh because I'm like, I never, I mean, till this day, even with coaching juniors, I'm like, if you put a score sheet in front of me, like a stat sheet, (laughs) I would not know what it said. I'm like, oh, we did good. We did bad. They did this. They didn't do that. But I never really paid attention to that. So it was it was really funny when she's like, yeah, we reviewed I was like, oh, well, glad somebody's doing that because it never happened when I played. Um, but it is really a really cool thing. Um, I'm really grateful to, you know, all the teammates and coaches and especially my family. And a, a lot of what I played for was for them, like the pride that they had or that I saw that they had in the moments that I was on the court in you know, traveling the world and doing all of that. Um, it's just, it's really special that, you know, they were the first ones I called. (laughs) So it's, it's just, it's a really cool um, honor.
1: You're listening to former University of Hawaii women's volleyball middle blocker, Heather Bowen, answer questions from the media after being voted as one of the two 2024 USA Volleyball all-time great female indoor athletes.
3: We talked about it, I mean, with with two players from UH going at the same time, um, it's a chance to, represent hawaii volleyball but at the same time almost more importantly it's a it's a chance for you guys to uh acknowledge and to celebrate coach shoji and everything that that he did for you guys uh how how much pride is there in that and knowing that two of these players that he helped develop being honored in the way that you guys are
5: you know, I think it's it's got to feel good to him. He is a really good human, aside from a coach. I mean, I know a lot of people know him on the islands and have for years, you know, um, the community that he's built, with the friends and everything there. And it's he's such a solid human being that it's just kind of extra special that as a coach, he got to he really fostered like my career and pushed me to be better. I mean, I think I actually remember one time after I came back from my first summer with USA volleyball and I was, I don't know if I was too big for my britches, <laughs> but he's like bowing over there, like go take a timeout. Like he did not, he did, he he wanted everybody in the gym to contribute to get better and to be a part of the team. Um, and it didn't matter, you know, what program you played with, like being with USA and going and playing internationally and coming back. Um, he, he was about the unit and the team that was in the gym and making that the best it could be with the pieces that he had. Um, and he did it very successfully for a very long time. And, um, you know, it's just, it's really cool that I, I have that connection. Um, with him and we've seen each other you know after in in anaheim and stuff and then with his boys on the national team it's just a really nice like full circle of that and i'm just i'm really happy that he gets to whether he's there in person or not like he gets to know that he was a huge huge part of of where we are now and you know the journey that we were on
0: Volleyball's taken you around the world it seems uh you you've played in some incredible places and or pardon me in front of some incredible fans I would venture to guess how does it venture back to your memories playing back here at UH um and all of those and you know obviously now that this is this honor has come along
5: you know <laughs> one of the things that I uh, that helped me choose Hawaii aside from the coaching staff and the teammates that were there that was just there was a, a level of connection um, that I played with some of them when I was in juniors was the Stan Sheriff being sold out for a men's game and experiencing the love and the joy for the game itself, not for, you know, UH as a team. Yes, the community loves them, but it didn't really matter who was on the floor. And then, you know, seeing that, that kind of tipped the needle (laughs) and brought me to UH, And then being able to experience it and the respect that the fans have for the players um i'm i'm not a huge like fan i'm very shy so it's hard for me to like connect with fans because they're really energetic (laughs) and so like internationally you know you've got places like poland brazil italy obviously like i played for there for about 10 years russia had a great fan base the chinese when i was there they have a great fan base but none of them really have the feeling of family and respect and just the love of the game and great like they're grateful to me that I'm contributing to it. Um, I never really had that feeling any anywhere else besides Hawaii. Uh, and I still think about it and I'm like, God, ah, it's so cool. And I'll see like pictures of the girls or like watch games online. I'm like, Oh, I remember that feeling or like senior night where you're getting just covered with lays and going around. And even when they were here in in uh, Long Beach and taking the lap around the arena to like thank the fans for being there and supporting them. Like it's just, it's such a neat like culture that that Hawaii has and and just the gratitude that they show for the athletes and for the sport yeah I've played in some really amazing places obviously I think with the Olympics (laughs) that's awesome too but it never really it never really feels like home like it did um in Manoa and that was former
1: University of Hawaii Women's Volleyball Middle Blocker Heather Bowen. And now is the former head coach of those two 2024 USA Volleyball All-Time Great Female Indoor Athlete Award winners, Dave Shoji.
3: Congratulations first, because it's super significant that not only both of your players are, are being honored in the way that they are, but they're going in together. How special is this for you to to be able to to witness this?
0: Well, it's unbelievable because to get this award, you have to be really, really special. And uh, looking back, I mean, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was coaching two of the all-time great volleyball players in America history. So it it really means a lot um, for them to get this award. And I'm really, really proud of them and just couldn't be happier for them.
3: Can you take us back to was there a moment – Watching them, whether it's in matches or at the practice court, where maybe you it would hit you in the face as far as how special both of these players were. And not only how special they were, but how special they were playing together.
0: Well, I just kind of remember um, first time seeing Heather in the gym. I think it was like an open gym type thing. It wasn't practice hadn't started. But um, I just remember her hitting the slide and looking at somebody and saying, Are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, I didn't really know how good she was uh, when she played at UCSB. um, And so that that just blew me away. And then, you know, the other story I tell about Robin was like, um, someone actually told me that I should take her. I wasn't really sold on her. You know, kind of undersized, you know, setter slash hitter. And, you know, I know she was a local legend, but it just – She didn't really project as a a great player coming out of high school. So, um, you know, (laughs) it was like me not recognizing how great this person could be or was already.
3: How much did Robin change your perception of scouting players, of knowing that, like you just said, this kind of diamond in the rough that you know maybe mentally more than physically is what led her to where she is and understanding that
0: yeah well the thing it taught me was never underestimate a local kid you know uh, sometimes you think they're not as good as the mainland you know big time kind of players that were nationally known uh the local kids there's something special about them Um, they just know the game of volleyball and That was the case here with Robin. It was just uh, she just knew the game. She had complete awareness of just volleyball. And so that's the kind of thing that a lot of local kids have. And certainly Robin had that. Uh, Yeah, Coach, I mean, you you were just talking about Robin, um, but, you know, for her to be a local girl and for her to get this honor, you know, what does that show some of the other local players that are, you know, kind of this current generation of volleyball player, you know, what does that show them that kind of what is attainable out there for them? If they, you know, put in, put in that work um, in the gym and, and things like that, what does that, what does that kind of do for this current generation? Well, I think she put Hawaii out there. Um, I think people started to understand what Hawaii had and all their good players. Even now, if you look around the country, there's some, amazing players playing out of some amazing universities. Um, you know, Stanford, Texas come to mind right away, Nebraska. I mean, we got players at the highest, highest level still. And I think Robin was an inspiration for all those players. They all know about her and they all, you know, I think aspire to be like her. And so it's, it's just been an amazing transformation of the local kids into, you know, mainstream volleyball in America.
1: And that was former University of Hawaii women's volleyball head coach Dave Shoji uh, answering questions from the media. As you heard prior to that, we heard from Robin Amo, the current UH women's volleyball head coach, and former middle blocker Heather Bowen, as they were the only or the two female athlete award winners for this year, the 2024 USA Volleyball All-Time Great female indoor athletes, and they both played for the uh, Olympic team in 2004 and 08. And to receive the all time great player award, an athlete must have completed a minimum of five years as a member of a U.S. national team and must have competed on a minimum of five top level international teams. Teams. So top level refers to Olympic Games, the FIVB uh, World Championship or World Cup. And congratulations again. I told you guys we had a treat. I don't think we've really heard from Heather Bowen in a really, really long time, but she is currently. So she said she retired about 10 years ago and she's currently a coaching and she lives, I believe she said California. I forget which city. It's a city that I'm not too familiar with but she's in California right now after traveling all around the world and yes and Robin Amo but that was a fun little treat for especially all of our volleyball fans and I think the coolest thing about that interview was Heather referencing back to the University of Hawaii and how special it is to play here and inside the Stan Sheriff Center now the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center but how special it is how special the fans are here and we talk about that all the time like I mean, especially now women's volleyball is slowly starting to pick up around the country. We've seen, you know, we saw a couple of uh, athletes from here that have won national championships with Texas. And we know, as Dave mentioned it, you got players in Nebraska, Wisconsin, and they're starting to go mainstream and like selling out these football stadiums and everything. But it's still something so special. And we've always we've always known how special volleyball was here in Hawaii. And I always think back to men's volleyball, especially like. I don't know if you'd want to play anywhere else if you're playing men's volleyball than in Hawaii because we definitely have the biggest crowds on average, especially now national champs. Hopefully get another one, but yeah, got to step aside. When we come back, we will uh, talk some NFL football as we welcome in Kyle Galdera next on Wake Up in the Den. Please don't stop the
6: music.
0: Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Ku'ule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760.
1: Welcome back to all of you. The beautiful list of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani. Now we're going to talk some NFL, welcoming in our resident Green Bay Packers fan. We'll forgive him for that, I guess, since we go way back. (laughs) Joining (laughs) us to talk about the NFL playoffs is the one and only Kyle Galdera. What's up, my man? How's it going?
4: Good morning. Good to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, my gosh. As as always, like I was telling everyone that tomorrow we will spend the hour as we welcome in University of Hawaii baseball head coach Rich Hill. So we won't get much NFL talking. So and Paul Breck's on site for getting ready for Sharks Weekly coming up after this show. So I'm like, you know what? I need Kyle Galdera to join me to talk some NFL. And because, hey, we kind of, you know, we love to talk about the odds just a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Sprinkles, right? All right. So I got to ask you, though, first things first, before we kind of dive into the matchups coming up this weekend. Well, I guess this can segue into the actual matchup, but I must give you credit, my friend. But I mean, I shouldn't be surprised because you are an actual Packers fan. But I remember when the whole Aaron Rodgers like trade went down, like you were very adamant about like, awesome, like, good riddance, I'm so happy that he's gone, yada, 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 yada. And you actually kind of projected, like, they're going to be better off with him being gone. And here we are, the Packers not only make the playoffs, but now they are make it to the divisional round. So what I would normally ask is, are you surprised? But I guess the answer is, you're not very surprised at all.
4: No, and this kind of goes back to the the conversation we had years ago about the Seattle Seahawks, right? When they had Russell Wilson, they weren't paying him much. They were focused on defense. They ran the ball. They won that Super Bowl. And then Russ got a big head, and we saw what happened from there. He's moved on, and that team is rebuilding. So fast forward to the Packers, they kind of saw it coming, right? Aaron Rodgers was getting paid $50 million a year. Devontae Adams was unhappy. And credit to the Packers' front office. They basically jettisoned those two guys, brought in some young talent. And you go from last year missing the playoffs against the Lions to now potentially, if both the Lions and the Packers win this weekend, those two teams playing for the NFC Championship. So it's definitely a salary cap era that the NFL teams live in. And I think the Packers are playing that game very well.
1: Hello, uh, hello, Vikings fans. Let's live in the holy world if that actually happens. <laughs> I, I can't believe that there is a chance that that interesting scenario could happen where two NFC North teams not one or those being not my team are gonna be in the NFC championship. But nonetheless, 49ers are a huge favorite favorite, almost a double digit favorite, but are have been kind of settling at nine and a half. I do believe, as much as it pains me, I do think this spread is a little too big. I feel like the 49 49ers are way too good. The Packers are maybe a season away, but I wouldn't put it past the Packers to keep it close. And if I if we were in Vegas right now it would pain me, but nonetheless, I would still take the nine and a half for the Packers against the 49ers. What say you?
4: Yeah, that's that's a really big number. And as we saw last year, all it takes, and of course, you never wish injury upon anybody, but remember what happened with the 49ers against the Eagles, right? Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy got banged up and that, that season just went south. So when you look at you know nine and a half, even if let's say the 49ers get up by 14 and we're late in the fourth quarter, all it takes is a you know a backdoor touchdown to bring that number within reach if you're a Packers backer. So I think you know even if you are a 49ers fan, you would probably lean toward taking the Packers just because you figure playoff game it's going to be within a score, um, maybe even eight points. So mm-hmm. I think that's definitely a number to get in on.
1: Would you take them straight up at the plus three fifty? Um,
4: I would as a, maybe like you, like you like to do a little sprinkle a little on there, sprinkle. But I think, and we were talking about this during our, um, or in the middle of our high school broadcast the other night, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> when Kuhuku is taking care of Kaiser. But I think with all four games, basically all four underdogs, I think are live. So you would either parlay those or even tease them, get an additional six points. So then the Packers become a 15 and a half point dog. Mm-hmm. The Texans get, you know, basically every underdog gets six more points. And then every game is you you basically have a touchdown worth of value plus some when you tease all four of those together. So that would be my initial lean.
1: Yeah. Speaking of other big spreads and the underdogs, another team that is a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite right now, odds via BetMGM, are the Houston Texans, kind of the surprise being that they have a rookie quarterback and, of course, rookie head coach, but going in to take take on the number one seed in the AFC in the Baltimore Ravens uh, for that AFC divisional playoff round. The first game to kick off the divisional round that will be on Saturday at 1130. How do you feel about this? And like we were saying, we were talking about this in between, you know, breaks or whatnot and during our high school broadcast where the texans i'm like oh my gosh i don't even know how to feel about this team they're they're like so like surprising this whole season that Mm -hmm. i feel like one of these favorites will have to fall like straight up and which one will that be i do not know but this is another one where i'm like nine and a half seems like a lot for the houston texans who are feeling just like the lions almost like a team of destiny and it has to be one
5: well, I'll,
4: I'll tease you a bit. I, this isn't the favorite that I think will fall, but there will be one that we'll talk about in a little bit. But talking about this game in particular, I do, almost like the Packers, the Texans are getting a lot of value with nine points. It started at nine and a half. It's ticked down a bit. And just looking at, I think the weather right now is, you know, looking at the live score, 28 degrees in Baltimore. So mm-hmm. I can foresee this being a in more of a running type game. Baltimore definitely is good at ball control, but they're not good at closing games. I don't know if you remember, they played Arizona maybe a month ago, and they were up by close to 20 points. And then they let Arizona back in that game, and Arizona almost, they were an onside kick away from winning it. So I think even if the Ravens, like like the 49ers, get up by a couple of touchdowns, I can easily see a late score or two by the Texans to get it close. So again, I like that uh, home underdog and Uh, Maybe even looking at the under. I think both teams are going to try to run it uh, in that cold weather.
1: Oh, that's an interesting one. Total, by the way, set at 43 and a half. So you're saying there could be a backdoor cover in one of these games. I like that idea. Well, oh,
2: definitely.
1: I <laughs> All right. So Texans Ravens will be Saturday at eleven thirty. Packers Niners Saturday at three fifteen. Going to the Sunday games. Uh, we'll start off with the Buccaneers and Lions. Buccaneers, another one that's been kind of surprising and the, almost seems like a resurgence of Baker Mayfield. That game will be at ten a.m. on Sunday. Uh, Lions are the favorite at with giving six and a half points. All indications feel like the Lions will be the one or at least my thoughts will be lions. I feel like Buccaneers are the ones that kind of snuck in here, but uh, I, please don't tell me this is the favorite that you think will fall.
4: No, it's not. I think, you know, which game I'm, I'm okay. I just wanted to make sure, but but before we get into that
1: one, but yes, what are your thoughts on the Bucs line?
4: Yeah, I I do think that the, the Buccaneers, you know, are a solid team. They did kind of sneak into it being out of that horrible division, but that's, that's why Tom Brady went there, right? He saw the of path of least resistance, moving from his former squad to the Buccaneers, and he won a Super Bowl because that division was so easy to win, <laughs> he can basically just cruise through the regular season and then focus on the playoffs. So I think the Buccaneers are, are a sneaky good team. Baker Mayfield has kind of resurrected his career a bit, but I do think the Lions are, are better on both sides of the ball and in special teams. So I think they win this one by a field goal. But again, 6.5 is a lot of points. So I, I, like, I like that underdog again, and especially if you're going to tease it, you basically go from six and a half to 12 and a half points that you're getting. So, again, I really like that option. If you take all four underdogs, tease them together, get a bunch of points.
1: Interesting. How are you feeling about this total line, though, at 48 and a half?
4: Uh, I kind of like the over. I think it's going to be a bit of a shootout. It's a fast track. Remember, uh, Tampa Bay, they come from some weird weather where they play at and the, the field can get kind of mushy. But then you go to that. Perfect field and perfect conditions in Detroit, even though it's cold outside. Uh, something that one of those reporters <laughs> should have asked about before asking the question. Hey, we'll, of the we'll give her, coach we will the give her day. slack. She's but, a news yeah. reporter,
1: so <laughs>
4: <laughs> still though, no. you got to do some research. But yeah, it's a it's a fast track, and I think we've seen Detroit, especially against the Packers this year, score a lot of points in in that division as well. So it might be a back and forth affair.
1: Kule Agbayani joined by Kyle Galdera. Are uh, previewing the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. All right, last but not least, the Sunday game at one thirty, Chiefs Bills, and I'm glad we were sharing the same sentiment where the Bills are the favorite, uh, giving three points to the Chiefs, but this is one of those games and everyone that's been listening to the show forever I'm always like the Bills are just not good their, their era is over to win the Super Bowl uh, actually depending on where you look now the line at BetMGM is at two and a half so Chiefs only getting two and a half over under a total set at 45 and a half this is one a plus 120 on the money line for the Chiefs let's go Chiefs straight up baby
4: yeah, definitely. You you called it and I think you knew what I was gonna say. The the Chiefs, you know, they have that playoff pedigree. I think Mahomes has been to the Super Bowl, what, three of the last four years coming into this season? Mm-hmm. So he and his team are definitely ready. Um, this is gonna be the first true playoff road game for Mahomes, but I think he's definitely shown that he's ready for that action. And just going back to the Bills, right? They were uh basically if the Dolphins didn't choke down the stretch. <laughs> they wouldn't be here because the Dolphins should have been the ones hosting that game last week yeah. that Buffalo won because it was so cold. And, you know, when you kind of look at it that way, you almost have to think that the Chiefs should be the favorite here based on, like I said, their pedigree and just their overall quality. And their defense has been really stepping up. I think uh, if I read it right, the last six games, they've, they've allowed one of the fewest amount of points in the second half in the NFL. So basically, whatever happens in the first half, they make those adjustments and really clamp down. So I think Buffalo is going to struggle in this one. And I, I really think the Chiefs will pull it out.
1: Yeah. And the Chiefs are almost like the new era, you know, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, where if like Patrick Mahomes is there and you got Andy Reid. It's, it's hard to really not believe that they're going to have a chance in every single game they play in no matter just even though their receivers never like to catch the the balls but
4: yeah <laughs> nonetheless and that's a good it, point. it seems there that was way. a stat i saw yesterday that patrick mahomes would have 360 more passing yards Sheesh. but those have been erased because of drops and the next closest quarterback is under 300 so basically by far he almost has a full game of passing yards Negated by drops this year. That's how bad it is for
1: them. Oh, my gosh. And if anyone has been watching those games like they if if you're a professional, there are very easy catches to make. Like it's not even, you know, pretty much open passes and they just either think too far ahead and don't pay attention to actually catching the ball. It's been, it's been a debacle, but should they, should Kadarius Tony, you know, like finally decide to be smart and play the game, right? We could see a very different chiefs uh, team going up against the bills. And I brought this up during our um, broadcast again, when we're chatting about it during high school basketball, that, the overtime rules got changed because of the game, what was it, a couple seasons ago between the Bills and Chiefs where it went to overtime and then the Bills didn't get the ball back after the Chiefs had scored the touchdown. Well, now the overtime rules in playoff football only have been changed, but the irony that it would be if, like, say, the Bills in overtime got the ball, scored a touchdown, but now because the rules are changed, the Chiefs get the ball score a touchdown and convert the two points and then the game would be over. Like, <laughs> I think the football gods would have a lot of joy in seeing that scenario play
2: out.
4: Yeah. And and looking again at the weather right now, it's 20 degrees in Buffalo. I could see another kind of frozen uh, ball control type of game, which lends itself to a possible field. And like you said, overtime. So that could definitely come to play.
1: All right. Last one for you here. Now that we, uh, you know, recapped or previewed what's going to happen this weekend, taking a look at the futures, the Super Bowl champ right now, odds are in the favor of the 49ers as it's been for quite a while. Plus 175 to win it all. The Ravens are at plus 275. Bills 5 to 1. Chiefs 7 to 1. Lions 9 to 1. Your Packers and along with the Bucks 28 to 1 and the Texans at 30 to 1. So if we were in Las Vegas, who are we putting the sprinkle on?
4: Well, I think we have to remember back a few months ago when I told everyone you should take the Packers at forty to one to win the NFC, this and they, they're only a few games away from getting there. So <laughs> that's a that's a great ticket if you have it. But I think you know, just looking, even though I like the Packers this weekend, I think San Francisco is by far the favorite, so that would be a good one to sprinkle on. And then on the other side, I think the the Ravens, you know they they have it all. They just have to put together a full game. And like I said earlier. If they can close out games, they're going to be the team to beat. So I've definitely leaned toward the favorites there. And like you said, the the good thing about it now is they're both on plus the plus money side. So as you get closer to the Super Bowl, obviously those odds will decrease a bit. So now is a good time to get those in.
1: By the way, Packers, though, still 9-1 to to win the NFC. So you can still put a little sprinkle on that if you believe that they can upset the 49ers, which I don't think will happen. But hey, that's why they... Put the sprinkles on.
4: (laughs) That's why they play the game. That's
1: why they play the games. All right. Uh, Better let you go, my friend. But thank you so much for joining us to preview this weekend. And yeah, let's have a fun one.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And be sure to tune in tonight. We have some exciting HPU basketball at Chaminade. A doubleheader, the women and the men going at
1: it. Exactly. And you'll hear Paul Brecht and Kyle Galdera later today. But we got to take a break. So we'll be right back on Wake Up in the Den.
0: Wake up in the den with Kule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, ninety-five point one FM and AM seven sixty.
1: Welcome back to Wake up in the den, Kule Agbayani, holding down the fourth here as Paul Brecht is on site at the HPU uh, campus at Aloha Tower Marketplace at the Esports Arena, powered by DSE. Hawaii getting ready to bring you Sharks Weekly featuring men's basketball uh, with head coach Jesse Nakanishi and student-athletes Melo Sanchez and Diggy Winbush. But before we tell you a little bit more about the games coming up tonight, want to first talk a little bit about Rainbow Wahine basketball as they return home to host Long Beach State. So the Rainbow Wahine sitting at 4-1 and one in the Big West. Long Beach State, uh, not a great start to conference play as they are 1-5. and five. So before we... Uh, discuss the game and a couple of other things coming up today. Here is what head coach, UH Women's Basketball head coach, Laura Beeman, had to say a couple of days ago.
0: Talk about uh, being back here at home. Um, I know you guys were on that four-game win streak, had a little hiccup on, against Riverside, but back here now, I just talk about uh, you know getting back in front of fans.
6: love being at home. You know, Playing on the road is hard. It doesn't matter the opponent. It's hard. You know, you're, you're playing a game you're moving to a different hotel you're trying to figure out study halls and film sessions and you know different beds all the time so we're built differently we know that Um, this team is going to continue to learn how to win on the road I think overall we're pretty successful Uh, coming back to the stand sheriff being in front of our fans sleeping in our beds knowing what to expect that's really nice what was going really well during that four-game win streak? It, it, it felt like you guys had a rhythm. Um,
0: and like I said, outside of that hiccup against Riverside, it really felt like you started out the season kind of slow, but that was similar to last year. And then every week you could tell that you guys were getting better and better. It feels like that same kind of thing happening right now when you were on that win streak. Can you kind of tell me a little bit about what you thought was really starting to hit with the team?
6: I thought we were getting good rotations. Um, you know, we were attempting to get healthy. Um, you know, and and just finding some different lineups that were pretty successful. You know, I think that as the conference goes on, the conference becomes very aware of what your strengths and your weaknesses are. And I think that Riverside came out with a really good game plan. You know, they did a different type of pressure than what Irvine did. Um, I think that the the games have been uh, called very loose. There's been a lot of physicality and we need to up our physicality. And I think you're gonna see a level of that on Thursday night and Saturday night. And if that's the way we're going to be allowed to play, our kids aren't soft and what we've tried to do is have them play not a pretty style of basketball but just an efficient style of basketball and a style of basketball that Pac-12 officials are going to call and you know we saw three Pac-12 officials and they don't let you get away with that stuff so we have to change how we're going to play and we're not afraid to hit and hit hard when we have to so uh, we can change our level. We will. I think that that is something that on the road trip we experienced that, wow, this is very physical. Um, it d- disrupted the timing of our offense. It disrupted what our ball handlers were able to do. Um, we will make adjustments. We've made some adjustments the last day and a couple of days of practices. Um, you know, I think what went well was just rotations and feeling good and, you know, about ourselves and where we were. Um, and we're going to recalibrate. We'll be fine. I know we've talked uh, just a little bit about defensive rebounding earlier in the year? Just how would you kind of um, compare it to now where you guys are? Yeah, we've had our moments, right? I think early on we were pretty bad, you know, getting after the ball defensively, and, and it affected some of our outcomes in the preseason. In conference, I think we've had some games that we were not great, but we were able to still, you know, win the ball game based on what else we did defensively. Um, you know, we better get it together before tomorrow night because Long Beach leads the conference in rebounding, and that's an area where it's, it's an effort thing, it's a desire thing. We have to hit harder. We have to pursue more. There's no reason why both sides of the ball and the rebounds, we shouldn't be on top of this conference. And so that's an area where I think these young women have to say, okay, this matters. It gives us more possessions. It takes possessions away. Um, and I think that they, that's, again, an area that there there needs to be and you will see proof moving forward. Yeah, and how have you ever seen um, Imani kind of step up this year? You know, I think Imani is, is, is just special, right? You know, she's four, puts the ball on the floor. She's a utility player for us. Uh, She can play one through four, basically. We can switch one through five sometimes. And so, you know, to have that young lady as a sophomore doing the things she's doing is really, really exciting for us. Um, You know, her growth has been fantastic since she's been here. And then, you know, Lily, I still think she's trying to figure things out, you know? She did a fantastic job for us last year. She's going to continue to grow under our our guard coach, Coach Mitchell, and she's being challenged in different ways, and Lily's up for a challenge, and that's what I love about her. She's a competitor. So I think that both Amani and Lily are going to continue to grow. Um, They're exciting to watch on the basketball court for us. Um, They're key pieces. Uh, We need to give them some support and some help at times, and I think that there are other people that are continuing to step up as well.
1: Which, you know, it's kind of hard to compare last year's team mm-hmm. to this year's team, but at this point of the season, if you have to, what are kind of, kind of some similarities, what makes this team better?
6: That's a great question. Um, you know, this team has a little bit of an edge about them where they know what they want to accomplish and we don't have to motivate them to get them there. They need us to give them a roadmap of, you know, offense and defense and, you know, obviously coaching, that's what we're supposed to do, but we have not had to coach the energy and the effort of years past, and that's something that, as a head coach, as old as I am, the last thing I want to have to do is coach energy and effort, show up, let's do what we're supposed to do, let's do it in the Division One level of a team that wants to be a champion, and they're doing that. Um, I think this team is wonderful about celebrating each other. And they love to see their teammates be successful. And that's something that is, is hard at times when you're not having a great game. And so I think that selfless attitude is kind of permeated a locker room. It permeates the court. You know, our goal wasn't to go and it this year. I know a lot of people were like, oh, they lost. And we were like, oh, we lost. The response is what I want to see. I want to see the response coming into these games Thursday and Saturday. And then I'll know what that loss meant um, what kind of impact it's going to have on these young ladies and if we're able to change how we're going to move forward and let people know that they can't just be physical and it's going to shut us down we also have a little physical to us um, i've always said we're a blue collar team i've always been a blue collar coach we're built differently as i've said we have to travel and do things more difficult so now it's time to show that on the basketball
1: and that was uh women's basketball head coach laura Beeman as they get set to play tonight at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. Now the Rainbow Wahine are second in the Big West Conference but just behind UC Santa Barbara each team with two, with one loss apiece in conference play. UC Santa Barbara just has that one more win ahead of the University of Hawaii. Long Beach State uh, sitting second to the last in conference right now at one in five but as we always say though in the Big West any given time and in conference play with any sport any team can win at any time but hope to see you guys out there at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center uh, at 7 o'clock PM because you can look out for me on the big screen. I will be wearing my sequin jacket. So we're going to try some new things, um, hopefully to have some fun with you guys. Hawaii Pacific Health is the sponsor for tonight's game and will give out 150 mini sunscreen bottles at the marketing table, along with 150 clear drawstring bags and cooling towels for fans entering the arena. So uh, come out, support the Rainbow Wahine basketball team. Uh, The men play on the road at Long Beach State today. Their game is at 5 o'clock p.m. Hawaii time. And you can watch, it on Spectrum Sports Net. All right, coming up after this show, however, and today, well, let's get into what's happening this evening. We have HPU women's and men's basketball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, not just this evening, but also on Saturday. But tonight, they play at Chaminade. So, it's always going to be a a rivalry game and you're going to get some good action between these two squads. The women's game starts at 5.30 the men's game to follow at around 7.30pm uh, be sure to follow us on social media for all the updates and Paul Brecht and Kyle Galdera will bring you the action today and on Saturday. Uh, Saturday they do play the University of Hawaii Hilo and there is a special thing on Saturday's game it will be at the Shark Tank but it will be Cam's Helmet game so as a former student-athlete who had passed away tragically Uh, from a skateboarding accident, but they believe this is their 11th year doing it uh, for one of their home games and they give out free helmets for the keiki. So very important kids wear your helmets, uh, but be sure to go out if you want free helmets for the keiki. You can go to the, this Saturday to the shark tank when the UA or excuse me, HPU uh, men's and women's basketball teams host university of Hawaii Hilo. All right, stick around coming up right after this, we will have sharks weekly featuring HPU men's basketball with head coach Jesse Nakanishi, Melissa Sanchez, and Diggy Winbush, but gotta go. Bye!